Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez, and I am so excited to share this interview with you today. You're going to hear from an amazing person by the name of Laura Beck. And just to give you a quick background on our interview today, in November of 2016, Laura, at the age of 26, was in a car accident that changed her world as she knew it forever. She found herself entering into her new life as a quadriplegic. Now, today, she is going to take us through her journey of facing the harsh realities that life can bring, and you're going to hear a beautiful story of strength, resilience, character, honesty, and definitely inspiration. She talks about the good and the hard parts of life since the accident, and she is unapologetically fully herself through it all. I know you'll be blessed by the wisdom you will hear today, and we will also hear from her husband, Jacob, who has been by her side through every bit of it. He shares powerful insight on how this journey has impacted their relationship and his own personal growth. Laura is gifted and talented in many ways. Um, One, she's an artist, and she also impacts countless lives with her popular Instagram page, which you can find under Laura Grace Beck. I think you're going to love this conversation. And just a heads up, now, there are a few audio glitches due to the long-distance interview, and we did record it on two different days, so please give me a little grace on that. And now, let's get started. Here's my interview with Laura Grace Beck. Laura, tell me a little bit about your story. Who is Laura Beck? Laura Beck is this rowing girl who was very, very close to my family growing up. Still sort of am. We're just in different states now. I have two older sisters and a little brother. I was really, really close to my brother growing up. We were all just doing really weird stuff. We loved making <laughs> movies. College, I studied um, social work. I met Jacob. Jacob is my husband now. We were going on a mission trip to China. We met in the New Orleans airport and we got married in 2013. I got into a car accident with my husband. The roof went into my head and crushed my spine at C6. So I'm quadriplegic, which for those who don't know, it means I'm paralyzed from the chest down. My fingers don't work at all. My hands, my wrists do have extension I barely have triceps, no core, no movement in my legs. There's a lot of things that I learned about being paralyzed after I became paralyzed that I didn't know that's what being paralyzed would become. Like a few times in this, it'll probably sound like I'm crying, but it's actually just because my diaphragm doesn't work anymore. So my voice gets pretty weak as I'm talking. I know this has been such a hard journey for you, and I cannot imagine the emotional roller coaster that it has been for you. So how have you dealt with with those emotions? Like, what would you say are the key ingredients in healing and coping with a, a life change like this? I think from the beginning, my family really, really helped me with that because... Well, Lindsay, one thing she says, and I say this all the time. Lindsay's your sister. Oh, yeah. For, for those of people listening. Um, she came to the side of the bed at the I- in ICU, and I looked at her and said, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to be a bitter old hag in a wheelchair. And her response was, then don't. 
you get that choice. Mm. And part of that for me was realizing a, you can be positive about the situation and B, you can feel what you feel the days of grieving. I'm grieving it. Sometimes you are in a rainstorm, but it's one of those rainstorms where there's like a rainbow, it's light, there's sun outside. It's still raining, but there's that like brightness. And then sometimes it's like a thunderstorm or a tornado or hurricane and it's got you pretty much, it's got its claws in you right now. And I think there is an importance to not stuffing that. So if you're feeling today hurts, why would you not let yourself feel those feelings? Because yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it's going to be more uncomfortable moving on in life. And you haven't dealt with those emotions later on. They're just going to pile up. I feel like humor when you're done crying, you just got to laugh. That's one big thing. I think that that's amazing. And you're absolutely right. The longer you go stuffing what you're feeling, eventually it will come out. Um, and, but half of it, you don't even know where it came from, you know, and, uh-huh. and, and you do, you would end up just a, a bitter person. And that's what a lot of people do when they yeah. don't deal with their stuff. And, and I think that you are wise to know that. And I love what Lindsay said to you when he said, I don't, I don't want to be that bitter old hag in a wheelchair. She's like, then don't. My family was so, so, so supportive. Jacob's family too. The amount of little things and pieces that came together with everyone chipping in was unbelievable. I mean, we got stuff. We all have our stuff and we're all really imperfect. But I think that that's like the beauty in it is we still love each other and they're there. My sisters, I call them all the time. I call my brother and they're just there no matter what I'm, if it's like one of those bad days, they'll just talk to me about it. That support, Jacob and I both need it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, family. And then my friends, I have a few really good friends here in Chattanooga, which I didn't really know them that well. And then the accident happened and they just, they made these ramps so that I could get into my friend's birthday, which was like 10 days after I got back from rehab. Little things that like, there's two of them, they take me out. They'll like transfer me into the car and stuff. And I'm really lucky to have that. I hear from others. It's not common. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel for those people that they don't have a Jacob because Jacob can throw me around, like just put you in the car, like, like a bag of groceries (laughs) thing. Yeah. I'm really lucky to have that and have friends that want to bring my body like a bag around. So out of the accident, what has been the good that's come out of it? I would say the intimacy and vulnerability I have with Jacob I would say I'm not perfect in this, but I would say that it's given me more of like a perspective that nothing is permanent here. And that's, I mean, that's something I feel like is a daily adventure, if you will, remembering that you could get in your car and like, it's just the things that could happen are endless. So finding joy in what you have now, I think is another big thing. And then with people, I feel like I'm so quick to communicate on what needs to be communicated like if there's disagreements or something, some friends that I hadn't talked to in two years because of tiffs, and I called them and just said I'm sorry. You called them and said you're sorry. Yeah. If I talk to someone that like back when, and I'm not sure if I've apologized to them, I'm like, hey, look, back then when I did this, like I'm really sorry. You know, wish I could take it back, but I can't. And so I just want to let you know, like me now doesn't want to do that to you. What was behind fueling that for you to, you know, what I need to make those relationships right. I think it was the processing of like, 
dude, I could be dead right now. And those things would have been left unmended. So Mm -hmm. that person Mm -hmm. would have never known like that. I did feel sorry or that I don't want us to feel tension with each other. I mean, I think when you go, you leave who you were on earth in a way, if you will, others thoughts or experiences with you is, is what remains. No one gets to not die. So yeah, to respect others for who they are. Oh, that's another thing I would say is it's, it's really taught me that like you can have a different opinion than someone and still be really good friends with them. At the end of the day, a differing opinion should not break a relationship. It should be something you can talk about and say, okay, agree to disagree. I still love you for you. But mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. As a result of that, making those relationships right, what has that done for you? It feels so freeing. I was thinking the other day, is there anyone like that if I was with them, would I say I'm sorry? And I couldn't think of anyone, which was just really freeing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have upset someone then I'd hope that they would talk to me about it but I don't think right now I have anyone that it's like the same with Jacob and my relationship now we we communicate about it and get it done I don't know like if I ever give myself too much time to be angry I'm like this is too much time like to be thinking this way and then I don't know why it's such a big thing but like the like vanity of it all I think having my paralyzed body has kind of fast forwarded me into like, it's not about what you look like or what you're wearing. I can just be myself and I can do that unapologetically. And I think my mind is always trying to stop me from those negative spirals. And I used to have no control over that. Mm -hmm. Everything you're saying, that's what brings true joy into our lives is it's the who you are on the inside. It's the beauty Mm -hmm. within. And I see you on Skype. People don't see you on the podcast, but on the outside, you're beautiful too. So, I mean, you've got, you've got both going on. Thank you. So, (laughs) um, which is, is a blessing too. the fact that you've discovered that and, and just understanding the value of how short life is, how unpredictable life is listening to you talk about it is just a sweet reminder to me. Every second counts. How has your accident brought you and Jacob closer together? I think for Jacob and I, after the injury, just walking through the trauma of it. So I am a naturally not very trusting person. That's more on me than it is on him. But after the injury, it was like, if the person chooses you after this thing happens, because I know a lot of people where they weren't chosen, their spouses left them. Mm. And seeing Jacob like those two months after my injury was unbelievable. Just how could I doubt that he loved me? Just like little moments where it's like I wasn't able to drink water for like two weeks after being in the ICU and I got swabbed all the time. But he would like beg for the nurses to come put a swab in my my mouth. He was just there. There's no way you can doubt there's so much love. And of course, I go through days of, oh, wouldn't you rather be with an able body? But I think we're really honest with each other on those days. And he's so compassionate when I bring those topics up. He like lets me feel it and then will talk to me about it and will say his truth over it, which is typically, Laura, I'm not with you because of your able body. I am with you because of who you are. So you can, you can doubt me, but know that I'm not looking for you to be anything other than what you are. And I 
love laughing with you about the craziness of our life now. And it's really changed, I think, our ability to be completely vulnerable together. Mm. Yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing, the vulnerability of it all. That's incredible. And, and I think that vulnerability, it takes your marriage to a whole nother level of intimacy. And there's nothing more powerful than, than being fully known, which is the definition of intimacy. And, huh. and just the freedom in that and being loved just as you are, that is every person's soul and heart desire. To have that in your marriage, that is a rare gift. I, there, there are not a lot of marriages that have that going on. The comparison of the way we were before to now, it doesn't compare. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. What I love about this is Jacob is here with us. Jacob, one thing Laura has talked about is the closeness of your relationship and the level of intimacy you guys have just because you've been through and how it has truly changed um, just the depths of your love for each other. And I just want to know how this whole situation has changed the Laura you knew before the Jacob you knew before and what's different today. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to answer, right? Like, I think it's It's a loaded question for sure. Yeah, definitely a loaded question. Um, uh, but I mean, I think the way we're able to move through life and to deal with things is so different. So like just fights we used to get in before the injury were like are like non-existent now. We used to get fights over stupid things and just like recurring fights that happen all the time. And now we're able to diffuse them or end them without ever like getting to the places we used to. Um, and just silly places, things that, you know, you don't want to do as married couples. Like it's not the way you want to argue. Yeah. And I mean, I think like the depth, I mean, I think Laura allowing me to be her caregiver, right? Like she could have said no. Um, and I think that allows like an intimacy that isn't achievable otherwise. When I think of being her caregiver, like she'll sometimes say, like, it's just a chore. She's just a thing that I have to do. But like, in my mind, it's a privilege because um, she could very well tell me no. She doesn't want me there to do that, where I have the opportunity to care for her and do everything I can to, you know, give her the life that I think she deserves. It, it's allowed us to have conversations, too, that we normally wouldn't have otherwise had, right? And be vulnerable in places we aren't normally vulnerable or weren't normally vulnerable, rather. And so, I mean, I think it's it's been huge. I think the us now would not want to be the yes we were before the injury, right? Like the quality and depth of blood we have now is irreplaceable. Mm, That's amazing. Tell me for you, how you've seen Laura grow. (laughs) It's another loaded question Um, uh, (laughs) because there's a lot of, a lot of areas that would apply to, I think her self-confidence has improved a lot, right? There's still down days, but in general, like just her view of herself has changed. I mean, I think that's a big one. The insecurities and things that were there when we first started, all of that's changed so much. Like that's area number one, I'd say. But two, just like her ability to cope with the life change and her ability to deal with the injury. You go one of two ways. Um, you either become angry, bitter, and you hate who you've become because of the injury, or you <laughs> take it by the horns and you grow and you mature and you learn how to deal with it and be a person who is injured and live in that life. And that is extremely refining. I don't care who you are, right? Like it, you know, you, anytime you see somebody who you're living life, you can assume that their lived experience and their maturity is not going to be normal for their age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be fair to say just because it's, it's hard. Um, and life is, life is pretty ruthless. I mean, when we came home, I think we were home for two or three months before the first person helped us. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, that was just holding the door open. 
right? We went so many places, did so many things, and one person finally stopped and said, hey, I'm going to hold this door open for you. Mm. Um, whereas most people would rush ahead of us or try to beat us to go do things because Laura's in a wheelchair. Mm. Um, uh, and so, like, I think prior to the injury, stuff like that would probably just, like, piss us off. But, like, the refinement and the patience and things of that nature, like, I think those are other things that have grown exponentially in her. Like, just not caring and being cool with all that stuff because, I mean, part of it's forced, but, you know, like, even if it's forced doesn't mean you're going to take to it. Mm. What about you? How have you grown? <laughs> I've become really good at multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, time management. I mean, I think just this whole opportunity has helped a lot with, trying to have and show empathy. It's definitely still not one of my strong suits, but it's something I feel like I've grown in and gotten better. I mean, just because I can't tell Laura everything's going to be okay. Um, I can't just say, hey, you're going to get over it, right? It's not it's not a sprained ankle. You know, and half the times I feel like I can't say anything. So I feel like that's another place I've grown too, is like instead of trying to tell her what I think she should think, it's I, I've learned that sometimes I should just shut my mouth because that would give her room to experience what she's experienced and allow me to be there and... I've learned a lot about, like, obviously balancing being a caregiver, being a husband, working full-time, caring for our dogs. Like, all that stuff requires me to, like, really learn, like, what matters most and not just kind of push things off, but, you know, really putting things in, in the place they need to be and focusing on getting the things that need to be done done, which is challenging sometimes. But, you know, our house is typically always a wreck, but it happens. <laughs> well, I I just really appreciate you, and I appreciate both of you, just as a couple, what you have to offer just to hear your personal story and your honesty and your willingness to share. And a lot of people aren't ready for that to share like that. So I just, I appreciate you guys both. Yeah, no, thank you. One of the cool things that's come out of the injury, right, is the Instagram and Laura being able to share her story and her be able to help them. Um, like the story she tells me about people she meet, like messengers from other countries and you know, different walks of life that are inspired by just her honesty. I think that's contagious and something that people enjoy. And Laura talks a lot about getting a job. And I honestly most times tell her that I'd rather her not get a job to do what she loves. And that's to help other people. And so, I mean, I'd rather her, you know, keep just doing Instagram and podcasts and stuff and helping people than to go and get a job at an insurance company like she used to do, where she's just miserable majority of the time. You're a brave man, Jacob. Yeah, thank you. Now, going back to you, Laura, one thing you do, you really both do this together as a couple that I think is so inspiring is that you don't let the accident hold you back from experiencing life. What were some dreams you had before the accident and how have those played out today in your current circumstances? Before the accident, we just want to see everything that we can. And um, I know it's like a trend right now, but van life um, was something <laughs> that we before were like, we're going to do this one day. It doesn't matter how we have to get there. We're going to make it happen. And then after the accident was like, Oh my gosh, we're never going to get to do that. And right before Thanksgiving, I was like, dude, I want to go West. Like, I, I just want to, I want you to be able to see like the things you haven't cause Jacob hadn't been out West other than Los Angeles. And we decided on the Friday before we left for Thanksgiving in Louisiana to just go West with like no plans. We don't know how long we'll be on. And he has a remote job. So we did this cause we were like, okay, let's see if we could do van life with the chair and everything. And we went, we were gone for a week and a half. We camped in our tent. We bought really bad hotel places. Like, wow. It was, That's pretty it incredible. Was, I mean, it was really crazy. We saw the grand Canyon 
we saw, we went to, oh gosh, Valley of the Gods. Valley of the Gods, I got to like roll around with Strider, my dog. Jacob wants to get an ambulance and like out an old EMS, whatever. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, he's like, how ironic would that be? Oh like, my I don't goodness. Know. I guess you wouldn't be able to use the lights like this. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Here's to the spring. I'll do it. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if anybody could do it, you guys could do it. Um, obviously, you and Jacob, you're facing life head on, living each day to the fullest. Um, and, and speaking to that, I want to talk about another huge example of that in your life and how you've been making an impact on social media with your Instagram page. Um, it's under your name, Laura Grace Beck, Beck spelled B-E-C-K for those who are looking it up right now. Um, it's been mentioned a couple of times today already, but I wanted to give you a moment to tell those listening about what you're up to because you have quite a following and it's making a big difference all around the world. So tell me and those listening what your purpose is behind your Instagram platform. And what I've been wanting from that and what I've found a lot of people that have found me and messaged me and talked to me about it is just that like they got to watch videos where I, I love posting fails. So like if I'm trying to transfer and I accidentally catch a fall on the camera, I love to show that because I think when you're scrolling around on Instagram, what you see is these pictures of there's just heavily edited photos of a false reality. And that. Mm-hmm. For me, and I'm honestly, I'm, I struggle scrolling through Instagram and feeling like I want to see something that's real. I want to see a person that's like, this is my awkward life. Be something that other quads can come and like look at my videos and stuff and know, watch this other girl's failing all the time, but she's still kicking and stuff. Awesome. So that's the kind of stuff that I think needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. You know, those moments where you're like, I, I was struggling with myself, but I've got to, you know, get past that. And this is real life. Why aren't we just showing our real lives? I had a bunch of my therapists. So they'll recommend people to follow me on Instagram that they meet other spinal cord injuries and stuff. And um, I've had a few text me since we went West and they were like, dude, you incited these feelings and all these spinal cord injuries. I can still do that. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just going to look different. And I think that's what I keep telling myself. We're going to still do everything we wanted, but it's just going to look different. And if you're not okay with that, like maybe it's not for you to do all those things, but if you really want to do it, then do it. We skydove last year and they had to like bring my wheelchair up to the plane and like pick me in. And there was like a thing that like hooks my legs up to like my chest. It was crazy. But I was like, why was I running till today? Today is the day. I'm alive. I'm totally blown away right now. You're did you you're telling you me you went skydiving. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm blown away. Dude, you gotta do it. I don't know if that's your thing, know. but everything you're saying, like I love what you're saying, how you still go on and do all the things you want to do. It just looks different. And mm-hmm. a lot of people need to hear that because Anytime they face something such as you're facing or anything, it could be any trial that comes their way. They want to shut down and and they they don't live life and they will stay in that place. But there's so much more left. Anyway, speak to that for a minute for me. Um, You made me think about there's a lady that messaged me on Instagram quite frequently. She's a mother of a spinal cord injury and her son, she's very frustrated with him not having the drive that I have. How come you go to rehab and he won't even think about it. And I messaged her a pretty long message. Uh, so what I told her with this is you can't 
force someone to do something for themselves. They're choosing that. So I've worked a lot for what I, what I do have, but that's been my decision and my choice. That's pretty much where I'm getting at with it. I think, um, I joined a rugby team, a quad rugby team. It's a wheelchair rugby team. Uh, I was in a tournament and it was, a not so beautiful. If you want something, you're going to fight for it, even if that means failing. So you are like threaded with brave threads. (sighs) You're going to keep surpassing limit after limit after limit. And if you don't get out there and do it, you won't surpass anything. And so I just love your heart in that, that nothing's holding you back. You're doing what you want to do. What would you say to someone who is in a similar situation, who is facing similar circumstances any advice? What would you tell that person? I would say first, don't take anyone's advice to full. Don't take my advice and think that it's going to apply to you as it applies to me. You may want to do something slower than I may like to. And I can have advice for you, but I think it's on me to share that lightly and say, this is what works for me. It may not work for you. I guess advice I would give is just to get to know yourself and be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself because it's so easy in this to be like, oh, I can't get a pencil off the floor and like let the frustration take over. And it does some days, I will not even lie. I think some of those days are necessary. So just be kind to yourself if you have those days. You've gotta, you've gotta be okay with the fact that you're gonna freak out some days because none of us are perfect. So that's probably any considered advice I would give. Now, I want to talk about something that you're doing that I think is so cool, because whenever I first called you today, you were working at your art desk, okay, Uh and you were painting dog portraits, and I was like, okay. Then you turn the camera around, and I see your whole setup, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) she's a legit artist, and then I see the painting that you're working on, and it's awesome. And so tell me about that. This, This could be a lucrative business for you, sister. It pretty much fell in my lap. I was journaling three months after my accident. I was drawing or I drew like a face and I sent it to my brother and he was like, I had no doubt that you were going to draw again, which I was never patient with myself before the injury. Um, like I would start painting and be like, whatever. I would never go back to it and try. And after the injury, it was like our dogs started like barking all the time at people when they passed by, which I was like, it's really annoying, but I feel like I need to put a beware dog sign up. And I was like, I don't want to put a wear a dog sign that looks like, oh, scary dogs. I was like, what if I paint their faces on a piece of wood and we like weather cover it? And so I did. And it was pretty cool. I was like, all right. It looks like Strider and Lady, just a little cartoon versions of Strider and Lady. And it, my friend was like, oh my gosh, will you do one for me? And I was like, Sure, he has three or four German Shepherds now, but at the time had three. So I did it for him. And my friends had come into the house and saw that I was doing his and were like, they have a bulldog in this other um, mutt. I know that's like a curse word for dogs. But <laughs> but yeah, then they asked me to do it. And then from there, it was like, I had these friends that wanted it. And then I posted on Instagram after I started. And once I did that, it was like a flood of people wanting me to paint their dogs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very <laughs> stressful. I have 30 on the wait list and I've had 30 on the wait list since like last January. But yeah, it's fun. That's amazing. Listen, Laura, I appreciate you so much. Just you sharing your journey with us and, and your brave story. And um, I'm just well, like, amazed by all the things that you're doing and, and your outlook on life and how you've handled everything. And, and I know that 
it's been ups and downs. And um, I just yeah. appreciate those reminders and, and the lessons you've given me today. And thanks for giving us a chance to talk to you here on The Brave Place. Thank you for having me. You bet. And for those of you listening, don't go yet. I have a final brave word and challenge for you. And if you like listening to The Brave Place, please subscribe, rate us, and comment. And if you have a brave story you'd like to share, email me at christy at thebraveplace.org. That's Christy spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. And now for the final brave word and challenge. As I reflect on my time with Laura and her husband, Jacob, I know I certainly cannot begin to understand everything she and Jacob have felt and experienced, but there are definitely aspects of their story that speak straight to my heart and soul. The trials of life are going to come, and in the words of Jacob, life can be pretty ruthless. It's important that we are real about that and acknowledge it, but at the end of the day, we then have a choice on how we respond to it. The way Laura has faced her challenges will always linger in the back of my mind and remind me that on my hardest days, when I want to quit, I can be kind to myself, be patient with myself, and then get back up and keep moving. I have that choice and only I can make it. And Laura reminds me that there are a lot of choices I have, like finding joy in the now because nothing is permanent, knowing that in a split second, everything can change. A choice to make amends and forgive others and ask them to forgive me. A choice to be vulnerable with another person, knowing that the intimacy it creates can be life-changing, even though it feels a little risky, the choice is worth it. Also, the choice to support my friends and family in need and be aware of those around me, even strangers that are facing hard times, looking for opportunity to be that ray of sunshine on someone's stormy day. The choice to persevere and fight, knowing that it's creating something deeper and stronger within me that is better than who I was before. I want to remember that my legacy starts and ends with me. And it truly is my choice. And like Laura said, we have this one life to live. Her words still ringing in my head. She said, we're going to still do everything we wanted, but it's just going to look different. Those are the words of a brave woman who acknowledges the reality of the situation, doesn't ignore it, but faces it, grieves it, and then makes the choice to live in victory and not as a victim. Jesus never promised us that we would live a pain-free, trial-free life. In fact, he said the opposite. He said, in this life, you will have many troubles, but take heart for I have overcome the world. If he lives inside of you, he will sustain you through all of life's troubles. And his word also says that our trials are a testing of our faith and an opportunity for God's glory to shine through us. Our trials are one of the greatest ways God's power is displayed. So my brave challenge for you is this, whatever trial you're facing today, ask yourself, what choices have I been making? Are my choices producing life or are they producing death? Then acknowledge it, face it, grieve it, be vulnerable with another person about it, and then make a choice to lean on Him, the ultimate sustaining power, and choose to walk in victory. Thank you for listening to The Brave Place today. Please come hang with us next time as we'll be visiting with Jason Jenkins of Men Sharpening Men. 
We'll be covering the topic of raising boys to men, not the band Boys to Men, but we're going to be talking about Boys to Men. I'm going to give you a quick clip just to let you hear a little bit of that. Take a listen. And, you know, I visit with a lot of atheists now and people that run from faith or religion and say, I don't have anything to do with that. Amanda was the same. And so we had really never met and fallen in love with Christ, but we were sick of religion. We were sick of playing the game, making sure we sat on the pew and um, played the part. So in that, Amanda said, I'm done. You guys get ready because Jason is a rock star in his faith. Thanks again. And until next time, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place, part of the KLRC Podcast Network. 